Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 32 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, it is pretty late for me right now, so you have to apologize if I'm a little bit tired, or if I sound a little bit tired, uh, though I haven't really been doing all that much today, so, you know, this is sort of, this is unfortunately sort of, uh, where I'm at my most active. <laughs> uh, I wish I wasn't. Trust me, I wish I could be extremely tired right now. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't be recording this podcast if I was extremely tired, so I'm a little bit thankful for that, but... Uh, I tend to be a lot more active at nighttime, uh, which eventually leads to a pretty not good sleep schedule where I am very, very active late at night, uh, and, and in the morning somehow, I don't really understand how that works. Like I go to bed, like not being able to sleep because I'm like super active and I'm like, I'm like the most wide awake that I that I possibly am throughout the day, and then I wake up and I'm the same way, but then in the middle of the day, after I've woke, like, quote-unquote, woken up, I am the most tired. So, uh, I think maybe that uh, my body works in complete opposite way of how everyone else on planet Earth works. Um, so, you know, that's a thing. Uh, but anyway, today is going to be a very special uh, episode of Extreme EvoCast, and I hope you're ready, hope you're having a great day, uh, ready to listen in. Uh, unfortunately, it's a little bit bittersweet, because uh, I'm going to be talking about something that is very, very sentimental and means a lot to me, but also I don't think it's going to be a very long episode, because I only have like three bits of news to talk about before I get into like the main segment of today's episode, so I think like, honestly, we I, I don't even think I could even call this a news segment. This is just like a news flash. You know, this is like the thing, this is like the thing where when you're watching TV and, you know, there's like a quick news broadcast about something going on and then it puts you back into your show. That's what this is. This isn't like you tune into Channel 5 and you watch the news. This is like a quick news broadcast or like an ad on a YouTube video that you didn't even really want to watch in the first place. And it's like, it's just like, hey, this is going on. Okay go back to what you're doing, you know? Uh, so starting off here, uh, I, I failed in the past to really notice this as an official segment. Uh, I throw, I throw around that word a lot, uh, when I'm on this, uh, when I'm on this pod, when I'm doing this podcast and like, uh, like I know I sort of use it to describe everything that isn't that that's like, a, that's sort of reoccurring, you know, like random Pokemon of the week. Or, you know, move tutor or whatever. Uh, but, like, honestly, I, it's a little bit, I think, like I said, I think I kind of throw it around a little bit too much. Um, but there's something wrong with it. Uh, but this is, uh, of course, one of the most popular segments that I do on this podcast because it happens, like, every month. At least every uh, every other episode, there technically should be one of these. And, of course, it's uh, Reviewnity Day. Uh, not really much of a segment this time of year, unfortunately, because of one, the quarantine, and two, me personally, uh, because, well, partly because of the quarantine, but also because it's the summer and I'm home for college. Like, I, I say this like every episode, uh, but there's no Pokemon, uh, and th th apparently Pokemon Go uh, doesn't exist uh, in this part of Central Florida, so I have no 
Pokemon on my Pokemon Go, so I am unable to <laughs> participate in any community days that happen. I think Niantic has just decided that this area of the world is um, not worth their time. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but yeah, I live in the middle of, of nowhere, and I am unable to... Uh, I'm unable to really part. I mean, I can technically participate in the community days, but it's just, it's so, there's such little Pokemon and I can't go anywhere because of, because of quarantine. Uh, I know, like, you know, you can go places and stuff like you, I could take a ride in a car and like go to like a park and like not just not get out of my car or like wear a mask or something. But honestly, I'm, I can't be asked to do something like that exercise. What? I got Pokemon to play, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so the community day uh, just happened this weekend, actually. It was uh, CDOT. Uh, actually, let me let me look up what was all about CDOT, because I don't think I actually knew about CDOT uh, sort of um, before last episode. I think it was sort of like released and then also happened. Because uh, it happened so recently. So CDOT, uh, of course. Oh, it was the Play at Home edition? Well, I didn't know about that. Is that a thing that... Is that a thing that, that, that happened? Could I have participated? I didn't really. I didn't even try. I just kind of... Uh, I just kind of, you know, assumed that I would not be able to... Uh, that I would not be able to participate. Let me see, actually. Play at Home edition. What? This time featuring CDOT the Acorn Pokemon. This special event format will last six hours and will feature increased intense duration. What is the play at home? Huh? <laughs> what? Is that a thing that happened? They said another. Hold on. Is that a thing that happened? Because if it is, I, sh I could be... I. I couldn't, you know, I, I could be actually participating in this. Abra was, was play at home edition too? Oh my god. Hold on a minute, what does that mean? I guess it just means like more Pokemon will spawn around you? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I probably should have actually participated. Anyway, uh, it's too late to to really talk to, you know, uh, no, no use crying or spilled milk. So maybe next time I'll actually participate. Honestly, I mean, I haven't even been playing Pokemon Go at all because when I'm home, like the thing about Pokemon Go is that I don't play when I'm at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Pokemon Go is not the kind of thing that I play when I'm home. I play when I go out places. When I'm at college, which I am not at the moment, I go, I play Pokemon Go, you know, on my way walking to get food or on my way walking to class or on my way walking to hang out with friends or with friends even. Uh, but when I'm at home, I don't touch the app. I barely even touch my phone when I'm at home. <laughs> I'm at my computer, you know what I mean? So like, or I'm like, you know, doing, I'm eating or I'm doing other stuff. Like I don't, I don't ever touch my phone when I'm, or, you know, or even Pokemon Go when I'm at home. So, like, I haven't really... It's kind of hard to get into that rhythm or, like, get used to actually being able to play Pokemon Go at home. So I apologize to everyone who is interested in hearing my opinions about Pokemon Go and all the things that are going on because I just... I can't force... I don't think I can force myself to play when I'm home. That's just not how my my body works or, like, or how my... 
it's not really how I enjoy the game. You know what I mean? I like to do it when I'm out and about. So I, I mean, I personally am fine with sort of compromising and like not being able to participate in these things just because like, I'm not going to lie. I forgot that the CDOT community day was the other day. Like I'm not, you know, this podcast is more so just me kind of, um, giving my personal opinion (laughs) about things and talking about Pokemon because I love talking about Pokemon and I love Pokemon. So like the fact, like, like I'm not going to indulge myself and put more work for myself, like just naturally, you know what I mean? I don't want that podcast. I don't want, I I don't want this podcast to be like a YouTube series where I'm like, uh, you know, let me do intensive research on this topic and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get back to you guys. Like, no, I just want to talk about Pokemon. Does that make sense? I don't feel like I'm making any sense right now. Hopefully you understand what I'm talking about. So like, that's the thing. I'm not like, I'm not going to force myself to play Pokemon Go because I want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about Pokemon Go when I play it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this for, I don't really know how to explain myself here. I, I hope I'm making sense. Like, like I'm not going to play Pokemon Go more for the sake of this podcast. I'm just going to, on this podcast, talk about when I do play Pokemon Go. You know what I mean? Uh, so me sort of forcing myself to get into the rhythm of playing more Pokemon Go, I want that to be because I want to play the game and not because I want to talk about this this stuff on, on EvoCast. I want it to be more so of a personal experience and not a forced thing. Uh, see, that's a little bit um, contradicted by what I'm talking about today, but we'll get into that later. Uh, but yeah, the CDOT community day happened anyway. That was a long tangent. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I didn't get to participate in that, in the, in the CDOT community day. And I doubt that I'll be participating in any of the other community days, uh, until I get back to college or until I go on like a trip. I mean, I'm moving pretty soon. So like, I will probably get to play Pokemon Go more. So, uh, maybe in my, in my new home, (laughs) um, which I'm, uh, I'm not going to disclose where I'm moving to, but, uh, it is, I mean, I'm moving back to where I first lived before I moved to Florida, which is where I am now. Um, so like, you know, uh, like hopefully maybe I, I didn't really play Pokemon go until I moved to Florida really all that much. So who knows, maybe, uh, where I go will be more active even when I'm home and I'll be more inclined to play Pokemon go. But for the time being, I'm just going to read about what other people thought about it. <laughs> uh, so the C dot Pokemon go, the C dot community day, uh, happened. Apparently it's a play at home, which, uh, I didn't know. Apparently, for one U.S. dollar, uh, you'll be able to a- you you were be able to access a community day exclusive special research story. Seeing double, follow Professor Willow as he learns about CDOT and discovers just how much and its evolved forms Nuzleaf and Shiftry of enjoy messing with trainers and Pokemon alike. Wow, <laughs> amazing! So it looks like they're sort of giving a little bit more incentive and and lore. I guess, uh, to CDOT or to the community days in general, which, you know, I can get behind that. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I mean, more, more explanation on, on Pokemon lore and things going on, you know, more flavor text, I suppose is really all they're doing here is flavor text. 
uh, with like a little bit of incentive to get more items in Pokemon Go. But you know, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's really not. Uh, it's really not that. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Also, I want to apologize. My throat is like very gravelly today. I don't know what's going on. I think it's because it's later at night. But like, <clears throat> I've had to take a lot of breaks because like my throat just gives out in the middle of talking. Uh, so you have to apologize if you hear me like, I don't know, swallowing rocks uh, in the middle of this podcast. Like, I don't know what my body is doing to me right now. Uh, speaking of the of the Seedot Community Day, there is also a 24-hour nature live stream that happened on YouTube um, akin to the sort of Galarian Ponyta one that they did for Sword and Shield, which I think is really interesting. Um, like, it, it had, like, uh, here, I'll, I'll read it off of Serapy. It says, in addition to that, Niantic is running, or did run, a 24-hour nature stream featuring CDOT, which periodically releases codes to redeem for items. These codes expire within minutes of being shown in the stream, but the code, that's a long code, uh, it can be redeemed until one o'clock on May 25th. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like they were doing like, um, they were doing like a live stream thing and they were releasing codes on the stream, which would allow you to get items in Pokemon go, which is cool. I kind of wish I caught that. I, I heard, I saw some things about it on like Twitter, but I didn't know what they were talking about. Uh, cause I generally don't really, uh, look too much at Twitter. Uh, or at least like that, you know, the Pokemon Go side of Twitter uh, when I'm not looking up stuff for EvoCast. So, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, I wish I caught a glimpse of it, but I didn't, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully they do more stuff like that in the future. Anything sort of different and new is, is very welcome. <laughs> it's very, it's kind of funny. Uh, like the Galarian Ponytail one with like, the, the, you know, the Impidimp. And it was a good teaser towards the new Pokemon and stuff. And I'm, I'm happy that they did that. I'm happy that they're doing something like that again. Along with the uh, CDOT Community Day, they also released, uh, you know, like uh, on EvoCast before, I've sort of theory crafted, like, ooh, what's the next Community Day going to be? Or sort of, you know, like, ooh, what's, uh, what are they going to do next? What's the next pattern? You know, like, I'm pretty sure in one episode, I think like the, re- the Review Unity Day episode, I think it was like episode four? like over a year ago or like almost a year ago i talked about like the pattern (laughs) that they were doing like they were doing a starter and then they were doing a pokemon from that generation and then they were doing another starter and then they were doing a pseudo legendary and it's like i mean like i wasn't wrong but now okay you know like you know we 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 had fun doing like the guessing game (laughs) on uh, on this podcast sort of you know figuring out what uh what what pokemon might be next and you know i was happy that pokemon go was indulging me in that but they're just straight up giving out the next two community days and they're not what you would expect so like you know we've had the community days have sort of gone away <laughs> uh from the you know, because cause recently, you know, the, the sort of pattern that I theorized was like, you know, first it was Bulbasaur, and then Mareep, and then Charmander, and then a pseudo-legendary in Larvitar, and it was like, okay. But now, 
they did the Sinnoh starters, right? They did they did Turtwig, or you know they did Mudkip, or no, sorry, yeah, they did Turtwig, and then they did Traphinge, and then Chimchar, and then the big, all of them, um, and then Piplup, and then they went to Rhyhorn, and then Abra, which are two Generation One Pokemon, and then they went to C Dot, <laughs> which is a Generation Three Pokemon, and I'm like, okay. What kind of pattern are they doing? And now they just released the newest the newest community days. And it's Weedle and Ghastly. <laughs> so, like, are they doing a brand new pattern? Is it, like, two Kanto Pokemon and then a Gen 3 Pokemon and then two more Kanto Pokemon? Like, what is this? What is the pattern that they're got? Are they even doing a pattern? Are they just choosing whatever they like? Because... Niantic, that is not good media. That is not good radio for me. I like to guess. <laughs> I like to I like to look at this and be like, oh yes, the numbers according to my calculations. The next the next community day is going to be, you know, whatever. But like now it's just now they're just doing whatever they feel like. C dot with this. I mean I know it, the whole quarantine situation is is messing with this. Uh, but like. Still, you know, like, I don't know. It's interesting. Weedle and then Ghastly. I mean, I'm happy to see Weedle and Ghastly get some love, but, like, what are they doing? I mean, only time will tell, I suppose. Anyway, uh, enough about Community Day. Enough about Pokemon Go. Nope, never mind. I take that back. Immediately, I take that back. There's still one more thing about to talking about Pokemon Go. But enough about Community Days. This new segment has turned into an entire, like, this three-point new segment has turned into an entire new segment in length <laughs> so forget what i said about this episode being short uh guess i was wrong uh there's a new feature coming to pokemon go where is it um let me see uh in looking for this i've actually found a new news a, a new article that i did not see before that apparently there's a section in pokemon go or there will there will soon be a section in pokemon go that will help players to understand what they can do while playing at home uh so like you know i was talking about what is this playing at home i think if i just opened the app it would tell me <laughs> so i apologize aha uh-huh. okay i found it so it says niantic have announced a new feature coming to Pokemon Go. Reality blending. <laughs> that is like... That like... What? <laughs> Reality blending? This new feature will allow for some changes to AR mode on some phones to allow for some objects to block in AR mode on devices like Samsung Galaxy S9, Samsung Galaxy S10, Google Pixel 3, and Google Pixel 4. No, uh, no iPhones, I see. Rip. In addition to this, they are also working to develop a new feature called Pokestop Scan, which will be available to level 40 players in early June. This feature allows for you to record a Pokestop or gym's real-life location in order to help build a 3D map. Uh, cool. (laughs) I don't really know what those mean. That's like the only information that there is, and it was released today. So I assume uh, we will be getting more information on that in the future. But for now, let's move on. Last but not least, something a little bit small. There was a uh, Pokemon Home update. A new update is live for Pokemon Home on mobile. With this update, there are multiple fixes, including the the addition of battle data and various bug fixes. 
To celebrate for a limited time, with an end date to be announced later, you can now trade with friends far away in the app. The time that the Wonder Box requires to complete it the time that the Wonder Box requires to complete has now been reduced to one hour, and you can now join ten free room trades a day, uh, with the times utilized shortened. Battle data will show you data for previous competitions and ranked battle options. You can also then check previous ranked battle series or online competitions to see rankings, including what Pokemon use and the moves, items and ability it used, much like the global link did with Gen 6 and Gen 7 games. So it looks like they're just sort of updating Pokemon Home with things that were already available in past games, so that's always good. Alright, moving on from the news, um, real quick, I'm going to do Random Pokemon of the Week, um, everyone's favorite segment where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode, and then I will talk about the main topic for today, which again, like I said, I am extremely excited about. Uh, though, I will say, the random Pokemon of the week does actually kind of uh, coincide with what I'm talking about today. Uh, today's random Pokemon of the week is number 365, Walrein. Walrein is a dual-type ice-slash-water ice Pokemon introduced in Generation 3. It evolves from Celio, starting at level 44, and is the final form of Sfeel. Uh, Walrein is the Ice Break Pokemon. It has Thick Fat, or Ice Body, as well as Oblivious as its hidden ability. Uh, it has a 50% male-female ratio. It is 4'7", a lot smaller than I thought it was, wow. Uh, or 1.4 meters, 332 pounds or 150.6 kilograms. I mean, that makes sense. It's a, it's like a giant seal. <laughs> um, let's see. Walrein. The reason why this coincides with uh, what I'm talking about today is because I'm talking about Hoenn, <laughs> uh, if that wasn't obvious already. Uh, but I've always really thought... I, I've always really liked... Uh, I've always really liked Walrein a lot. Walrein, the, you know, I, I will talk my face off about Gen 3 in a couple of minutes here. Uh, but I've always really liked Walrein uh, as a Pokemon. And I always thought it looked really, uh, really different compared to Sveal and Celio. It kind of, uh, it, it almost looks like it belongs to like another evolution family. Like, I don't know. Celio looks like, Celio looks like Sveal. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like it's cute. You know, it's got those big black beady eyes, and then Celio has like the same ones but with a mustache. It's just like a longer feel with a mustache. But then Walrein change, changes it up completely, completely changes colors. Eyes are different. It's got like a pig nose now. It's got yellow teeth instead of white teeth. It's got it's like a darker blue. It's got like foam instead of just like a mustache. So I always thought it was really different when compared to its earlier evolutions. But overall. A really cool Pokemon. Um, very, very cool. Or and there's absolutely zero trivia for Walrein, by the way. Uh, and on Bulbapedia, um, who would have guessed? Origin, Walrein is based on a walrus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Um, Walrein, you know, there, no trivia, so what am I supposed to talk about? I guess I can look at uh, some Pokedex entries for Walrein. Let's see. What what uh what is what is these games like to say about Walrein? 
Walrein's two massively developed tusks can totally shatter blocks of ice weighing 10 tons with one blow. This Pokemon's thick coat of blubber ins insulates it from it insulates it from sub-zero temperatures. Walrein swims all over in frigid seawater while crushing icebergs with its grand imposing tusks. Its thick layer of blubber makes enemy attacks bounce off harmlessly. Uh, to protect its herd, the leader battles anything that evades its territory, even if the even at the cost of its life. Its tusks, tusks may snap off in battle. I thought they were supposed to be, like, unbreakable. <laughs> like, it can break 10 tons of ice, but they may come off in battle. Okay, what is it, Pokemon? Huh? Shake my head. Uh, There's, like, nothing else. It's, you know, it breaks ice, it has thick blubber, and it's strong. <laughs> uh, those first three was were from Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, respectively. But literally, the rest of them are just... It, they're just... Uh, they're, it's everything else. All the rest of the Pokedex entries are just, like, different versions of those three things. Uh, oh, because it's a Gen 3 Pokemon, it has some uh, Mystery Dungeon stuff. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Red Rescue Team and Blue Rescue Team... 100% HP and lower. I rode out on ice flows. What? Okay. 50% uh, or less. It says, watch it. My HP's been cut in half. <laughs> watch out. 25% uh, HP or less. I've had it. My tusks have chipped. And then level up is, there. I've gained my level. My tusks have turned more rigid. <laughs> Very, uh... Very confident, very, uh, you know, very loudmouth. I like it. What What is that first one, though? I rode out on ice flows. I mean, I guess you could find it on ice flow beach. What is a flow? F-L-O-E. A flow is a sheet of floating ice. Oh, I mean, I could have guessed that. Okay, apparently it, uh... <laughs> Apparently, it's literally just, it rode out on ice flows. Okay. Uh, now, looking at its shiny form, uh, okay. I don't think I've had an opportunity to talk about this yet. Uh, on Extreme EvoCast. But, uh, a la Vaporeon. <laughs> Uh, and many other water-type Pokemon, Walrein is just pink. Um, you know, it's dark blue turns into pink. Well, why are there so many water-type Pokemon that turn pink when they get shiny? Or blue Pokemon that turn pink when they're shiny? It's just, it's just pink. That's it. Nothing else changes. Just the dark blue on its body turns pink. I literally can't. I'm going to zoom in on this sprite, and I'm going to see if there's anything else that changed. No, literally nothing. Even its eye color changes. The same. Its eye color stays the same. It's just pink. Um, I mean, uh, six out of ten. No, I'm not even gonna be that generous. Five out of ten for poor old Walrein. I mean, I would say, you know, I would say that like, oh, maybe Celio and Sveal are better. No, Sveal and Seal are just pink. Though, actually, 
Celio and Sfeel do change their belly color to be a little bit more vibrant yellow, or less of like a beige and more of like a vibrant yellow, which is nice. I can appreciate it. Wall rain changes nothing. Wall rain is just pink. So, uh, yeah, five out of ten. What else is there to say? Sorry, wall rain. You're just one of those those pinkies, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, okay, cool. So. Um, moving on from random Pokemon of the week, that was Wall Rain number, I think I didn't, did I say the number? 365? Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, anyway, before we move on to the main segment, I do want to say that, um, because I am going to introduce, uh, sort of a new, a new concept, <laughs> uh, for the future of Extreme EvoCast, uh, though I have talked about this before, um, I have been streaming um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Speak. I was gonna say, you know, speaking of Mystery Dungeons and like that segue there. Uh, I talk about Mystery Dungeon in every episode. There is no segment, uh, or there is no segue. <laughs> uh, but I've been I've been streaming uh Pokemon Mystery Dungeon uh, Rescue Team DX. I love it. I will say, uh, I love it a lot. Um, I. I'm not going to talk about it yet. That is not what this. That is not what today's episode is about. Um, I will talk about it in the future when I am completely done with the game. Probably when I'm done streaming it because uh, I sort of I've said this on stream before, but I'm going to stream. Um, like uh, I'm going to stream the main game and also maybe the post game, depending on how I feel. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, and then personally. I want to go back and try and, like, 100% or at least, like, get every Pokemon. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's something I've always wanted to do as a kid uh, in the original Mystery Dungeon games. I'll talk about it more when I talk about the uh, the, the game. Uh, but, yeah, just letting you know sort of a, sort of a status update on that game. Uh, I have been playing it. I did acquire it, and I've been streaming it on twitch.tv slash Lulician. You can find, uh, I'm, you know, if you're listening to this episode soon after release i might actually be playing it later today i don't know uh depends <laughs> uh but if you're uh and i will also be uploading a series of it to my youtube if you're watching this in the future then that is most likely up i'm not 100 percent sure you know there's a lot of variables here but if you want to watch me play it it's gonna be somewhere <laughs> uh, if you want to watch me play it either live uh or on my youtube or on my twitch vods whatever it may be uh it's there so um yeah if you're interested in doing that little bit of self-promotion there i have been playing it once i finish it i will talk about it on the on this uh on this podcast not maybe do like a review i'm not 100 percent sure i definitely just want to talk about it though because uh, i have promised that in the past and i'm excited i'm excited about it anyway Moving on to the main topic of today's episode. Um, it, today is an episode that I'm extremely excited about uh, because today I'm talking about Hoenn. <laughs> Generation 3, baby. Uh, the Hoenn region of Pokemon, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, and I guess um, technically Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, but uh, I'm actually not talking about Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire today. Uh, I'm planning on playing through them or playing through one of them uh, i do own omega ruby uh so i um i will be playing through one eventually definitely not soon because i just played through emerald um you know actually allow me to introduce sort of the new concept that i've been talking about um i completely played through emerald um i 
decided after last episode, you know, two weeks ago, um, a few days after I just uploaded the episode, I was like, you know what? I want to play through Pokemon like Emerald or Sapphire or whatever. Uh, And I got uh, a virtual console version of Pokemon Emerald on my, on my 3DS. And I just started playing it. Uh, you know, I, I planned out my team. I started playing it. And then like, like, like two hours in, I was like, you know what? This could be a really fun thing to talk about on EvoCast, you know? Um, because I was just talking last episode about how, like, I have nothing to talk about and I could put a little bit more work into finding things to talk about. Um, and what better way to do that than um, talking about this game that I'm that I decided to play? I I started playing this game with no intent of talking about it on EvoCast, and then I I sort of remembered. I was like, hey, I could talk about this, so that is what I'm doing right now. Um, it, uh, this is probably going to be something that happens in the future. I'm not going to like name it anything or like call it something because this episode in particular is very very special because I mean, if you're looking at the title it's probably something along the lines of um a love letter to hoen or like a love letter to generation three or something because real this is exactly what this episode is this episode is not just like hey i played this game uh here's here's my review of it or here's what i thought because i've played this game before i played every pokemon game before uh main series at least so like it's not gonna be a review it's not going to be, you know, just like talking about my journey, though I will talk about my journey and how things went. It's not just going to be that, though. This is going to be a love letter to Hoenn, to Generation 3, to Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Um, because if you have ever talked to me for more than five seconds, you would know that Generation 3, Hoenn, is my favorite Pokemon generation of all time. And it isn't really just my favorite generation of all time. It means so, so much to me. It is my childhood. You know, we all have our first Pokemon game. We all have our favorite. We all have our favorite Pokemon. We all have the memories from playing our first Pokemon game. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you've never played a Pokemon game in your entire life. Then if you ha- if that's the case, what are you doing? Go play a Pokemon game. Uh, but you know, we all have those memories. Um, and Hoenn to me is that memory. Hoenn generation three is just, it (laughs) like, it just, it means so much to me. And you're going to hear me say that a lot over the course of today's episode. If you don't like Hoenn or you don't particularly like generation three, you are probably not going to like today's episode because I am going to gush about it. Uh, I'm going to gush about just everything I like about it and everything I don't like about it. I mean, you know, just because it's my childhood favorite doesn't mean I can't uh, doesn't mean I can't talk about its flaws, uh, of course. But just to preface that this episode is different because, uh, like, I will talk about other Pokemon games in the future. Uh, I've, like, after I finished playing Emerald literally, like, two hours ago, I was like, you know what? I'm not done. I want to play through another Pokemon game. And I was considering either doing, um, you know, hopping on the gen- quote-unquote Generation 3 hype train uh, and, and playing through either Fire Red or Leaf Green, something like that. I'm not sure. I can't decide which one I'm going to do. Or I might play um, 
an original from Generation 2, you know, a Johto game. I do well in those games. I had them on my Game Boy. I think it would be fun uh, to play through a Generation 2 game again. I haven't decided yet, but it is definitely something I'm going to be talking about. And maybe even uh, if nothing happens between uh this episode and next episode maybe if i if i manage to finish another pokemon game whichever one i decide to you know whichever one whatever whatever one i decide to play uh i'll talk about it again i'm not sure but it's not going to be this it's not going to be what this episode is this episode is all of my love all of the love that i have in my heart for generation three for hoenn for pokemon ruby sapphire emerald omega ruby and alpha sapphire mostly the former um ruby sapphire and emerald just coalesced into 45 minutes of content <laughs> um and like i i'm i'm very very excited let's i'm just gonna get into it but yeah i i did just want to sort of preface that with like this is going to be a common thing i'm going to be doing on this podcast i am going to be talking about the games the main series games i mean i did an entire three episode review on pokemon sword and shield and that's not maybe what i'm gonna do for the older ones uh maybe eventually i'll play with the idea of reviewing them as if like they just came out you know or like looking at them in an extremist sort of a point of view compared to the other pokemon games of how they hold up and maybe ranking them in terms of how much i like them and how how good i think the pokemon games are but i definitely will just put aside an episode for every generation and just talk about it you know i think i owe the pokemon franchise at least that if i'm gonna have a podcast where i talk about pokemon there has to be a time where i play through a game and i just talk about it so expect that in the future maybe even expect it next episode i don't know depending on like you know uh like I think the Sword and Shield expansion pass is, or like, the, the Isle of Armor is going to come out really, really soon. Uh, it's supposed to come out in June, and, like, you know, next episode of EvoCast is coming out on, like, June uh, 17th or something like that. I'm not actually sure exactly what day it is. No, less than that. It's, like, June 14th or something. Um, but who knows? It might be out by then, so uh, I might either be talking about that or I might be talking about whatever game I decide to play next. Whatever it may be, that's not the point. I'm just letting you know that that is something I want to do. It's something that I I am very excited about doing, but that is not what today's episode is. Hoenn is different to me. Hoenn is a whole different ballpark. You know, it's like, it's, it means the world to me. (laughs) This, this little cartridge of, of, you know, ones and zeros, it's, it's my whole childhood. And like, I know everyone can relate to that. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Let's get on to it. I decided to play through Pokemon Emerald, like I said. Um, Hoenn has always been my favorite. Uh, I It was my first g- game. <laughs> Not even Pokemon game. My first game. I got a Game Boy Advance when I was three years old. <laughs> and my grandmother got it for me. And she bought me Pokemon Ruby. Um, so technically pokemon ruby was my first game ever and i'm happy to say that because oh my god uh, i played the crap out of that game (laughs) uh and and, you know eventually i did get my hands on emerald as well and i played that one more than ruby if i remember correctly um you know i uh 
Like, I, I think, because I was way too young <laughs> to even know what I was doing in, in Pokemon Ruby. Um, but eventually, uh, when I was a little bit older, I did get Emerald, and I sort of played through it. Um, and I, I spent so long on that game. I did everything there was. Um, but everything that I thought there was. Because I will say, playing through this game, there was a few things that I forgot about, or maybe never even experienced in the first place. Um my team what well, this sounds like a documentary um you know oh i remember my team uh my team that i played through uh in this in this playthrough of, of, of emerald uh i will sort of introduce to you as i go along i want to give it a sort of like a little bit of a story and talk about uh talk about my my reactions through the game as i as i had them um so i i planned out my team sort of accordingly, you know, to, to what I wanted, to Pokemon that I wanted to play. I didn't want to go on the realm of, like, uh, I want to only use Pokemon that are good, or I want to only use Pokemon that are, you know, that that are... I want to make the best team ever. Uh, I actually did sort of the opposite. I, I sort of purposely made it hard for myself in certain situations because I only played Pokemon that I really, really enjoy, that I really liked and Pokemon. I used Pokemon that I wanted to use. Uh, and I think that's really important when you go back and enjoy a game for the second time, just use what, do what you want to do. Screw everything else. Unless that's what you have fun with, unless what you want to do is to make the best team possible. And I sort of mixed in those two, um, I sort of mixed in those two mentalities together because, um, I like, uh, I, I made my team and sort of halfway through playing, I decided that I wanted to plan. I, I love, I love planning out my teams beforehand. Uh, I pretty much never go into a Pokemon game, not knowing what I'm going to catch. I love planning my team accordingly and sort of knowing when I'm going to be catching these Pokemon what level I'm going to be catching this Pokemon at, where I ha where I can find these Pokemon. It really excites me to sort of plan out a team. I mean, literally, I just started thinking about, like, starting a new gold game, and I'm already like, okay, what Pokemon do I want to use? You know, like, uh, it, it excites me. I like thinking about that beforehand. Um, and, you know, you might think differently. Uh, that's just, that's, that's how I like to play the game. I like to sort of plan things. And going with that, about halfway through, I already caught, I caught like, three of my Pokemon. Uh, and I decided to plan out their moveset and really use what I wanted to use for their moveset. It was a combination of uh, many things. It was a combination of like the best choice compared with the other Pokemon I had. You know, I needed like a defensive Pokemon. I needed a Pokemon with like a supportive moveset uh, because I didn't want to really struggle too much. I wanted to, I wanted to have a balanced team because I think that that's fun. And I like having, I like having a balanced team, um, like that. Uh, and I, so I went on Smogon, I went on the Ruby and Sapphire Smogon moveset and like, oh my God, that was a trip learning things about the past generation, you know, generation three, Smogon official, you know, rule set and movesets. It was very interesting. Uh, and I sort of used that as a basis. Uh, I, sort of, I used, um, a lot of Pokemon, or a lot of moves that I didn't, that I didn't, uh, that weren't 
are not Smogon re uh, recommended. Things that I just sort of wanted to use. But a lot of their movesets were sort of the, you know, cream of the crop, sort of the best that you can get in the game because I wanted to use these Pokemon to my advantage as best as possible. Like I said, sort of a combination, you know, use Pokemon that I really, really wanted to use, not worry too much about team composition, but also using Pokemon or having those Pokemon have good movesets and stuff, you know, that, that sort of whole... Thing. You know what I mean. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it was really fun to sort of plan out my teams like that. Um, so like I said, I planned out my team uh, in the beginning. Um, I, I, I looked through, I spent like like half an hour looking through every single Pokemon that you could get in Pokemon Emeralds. Um, and decided my team. And like I said, I will sort of introduce you to them like a story as I go along here. Um because I think that has sort of the same sentimental value as, as me catching them and, and finding them for the first time. You know, I'm taking you on this trip through Generation 3, <laughs> sort of through my eyes, uh, which is really what I want this episode to be about. So um, my team ended up being a lot different than what I had originally planned. And you will learn later, I changed so much about wh what I originally planned. Um, I posted it on Twitter, uh, a screenshot of my team, the team that I finished, um, I beat the champion with. So if you've already seen that, you know sort of who my team is. But if you haven't yet, um, you know, you'll learn soon here. You know, uh, like I have played through Generation 3 for the first time many times <laughs> uh so I, there's been many many times where i sort of start a new uh, a game i go on the first route and then i just i kind of stop <laughs> because i like get bored um that's happened to me more times than i'd like to admit um and i sort of i i had a lot of motivation to play this game because i watched a speed run of pokemon sapphire and i really just like i want to play through this game again uh, and i'm really glad i did so i sat my butt down and i just played it i forced myself to at least play for like at least three or four hours the first session you know what i mean so i wouldn't just get bored and then put it down and then never play it again i wanted to play beat this game um and then later my motivation kind of stemmed with i want to talk about this on evocast um the first Pokemon that I caught was a Shroomish. Uh, her name was Morcella, which is the sort of elongated name of the Morel, which is like a kind of mushroom. Uh, if you don't know what a Morel is, it's it's just a it's just a mushroom. Um, I've sort of went with the stereotypical uh, thing of naming my Breloom. <laughs> a mushroom name but i don't know it it felt it fit really well uh, i liked it a lot and her final move set ended up being um only one offensive option really uh toxic of course and oh you will learn about toxic uh and how much i am i am so glad that i put toxic on my on her <laughs> uh protect uh, you know that's a given with toxic leech seed uh, this is a really stally set like on on a not very stally pokemon it's a really stally set and then her only offensive option which is sky uppercut originally i did focus punch but like i could not handle using focus punch that move is so bad or not bad but it's so situational um especially in a in a casual playthrough 99 percent of the time unless you're fighting like a gym leader or like the elite four 
trainers are always just going to attack you first unless i use like growl and even then like focus but like i never i totally regret putting focus punch on her for the longest time i never used it and then i finally put a fighting type move on her and i'm like why did i not do this earlier <laughs> um soon after i caught a ninkata and the ninkata i did not name uh you can probably see where this is going um i did not name them in ninkata um, I beat Roxanne, uh, with obviously with a prelude or a, a shroomish, like no problem. Uh, and I eventually evolved my Ninkata into a, I guess both a Ninjask and a Shedinja, which I used Shedinja. Uh, I really, really wanted to use Shedinja in a casual playthrough because it's hard. Um, Though, like I said, or, you know, you will learn, like I said with, with Breloom, you will learn the horrors and the amazing things that happened with the Shedinja. Uh, I ended up naming the Shedinja Atlas. Atlas is like a type of beetle. <laughs> I named it after a Dungeons and Dragons character of mine that's sort of also beetle themed. It's a long story, uh, but I, I really liked, uh, I really like the name Atlas. All of my Pokemon are girls, by the way, which I actually didn't mean to do. Um, the Ninkata that I originally caught was a girl, so I sort of put two and two together, and I, I, you know, the Shedinja is also a girl, I suppose. It's a ghost, but, like, it's genderless in the game, but, like, it came from a girl, so, you know, I, I say that all my Pokemon are girls. Um, the rest of the time went pretty smoothly until brawly <laughs> uh, i lost to brawly the first time i fought brawly and it wasn't even that bad because like i didn't really have anything that was like weak to him or you know weak to fighting or wasn't very good at doing fighting i am a sort of believer that brawly's gym is extremely hard for the first uh for the first part of the game like i don't remember the exact details but like that like, even the speedrun that I was watching, um, like, every, pretty much a lot of people agree that Brawly is way too hard <laughs> for the, for the, for the time of the game that you sort of fight him, um, which is also probably why he's optional. You can actually fight Brawly last, which I think is really funny. You don't need to fight Brawly to continue through the game, uh, because I'm pretty sure the HM, or like the, yeah, the HM that he allows you to use is Flash, and you don't, you don't need Flash to, to beat the game. Uh, so Brawly is completely optional until the last, <laughs> the last gym. I mean, you could finish the game with Brawly, which I think is really funny. Uh, but yeah, Brawly gave me a lot of trouble. Uh, and after that, I mean, nothing really happened. I'm trying to think of just like the general progress to the game. Um, I, so sort of my my mentality for th through playing this game was I wanted to explore as much as I possibly could. I wanted to experience everything that somebody would do casually through this game for their first time. I talked to every NPC. I went into every house. I explored every area of every route and it was fun. Like I need to start doing this more often because like a lot of the times, you know, I don't really tend to talk to every NPC because most of the time, at least early game, they're always like, they just tell you tips on how to be a good Pokemon player. But like, I already know 99% of the things that they tell me. So like, I don't bother to talk to them, but it was actually a lot of fun just sort of exploring these, these, these things that, that 
that they put in the game that like so many people just don't look at you know every house and every every um in every town you know i battled every trainer that i could um uh, towards the beginning at the end i was a little bit rushed for time and i couldn't actually battle every trainer uh but i tried to just i tried to milk this game of every experience that it was willing to give to me i like i said i fought every trainer i explored everywhere <laughs> um it was it was really really fun uh and i need to start playing games like this more often i did it or pokemon games i mean and also just other games in general um i did this because of the nostalgia trip i remember i used to do that as a kid i used to talk to like everybody i used to fight every trainer uh, until I got older, and then as I became more experienced with the games, I stopped doing that, and I kind of regret it, because, like, it's so much fun to see these worlds, and, and the, the, the thing that these programmers set up for you, and the game designers, and the, the funny dialogue, the creative NPCs, and it's something that I love so much about Hoenn and Generation 3, is the uniqueness of it. Hoenn, I think, is one of the most unique generations in all of Pokemon. It just has this charm to it. Like, I know this is, this, um, this entire episode of Extreme Overcast is going to be me looking at this game through nostalgia glasses times a million. Because, like, I don't know, just down to the sprites, down to the, the colors, the character designs, even just, like, the, the trainer designs of everything. You know, the sounds, the, 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 the sprites, the backgrounds, everything just hits so close to home to me because it was my first experience with the series. And I love everything about it. It just, it just gives me this joy and this, this feeling of nostalgia that I just cannot describe correctly <laughs> it, it, it like i know this is not a universal experience because everyone has not experienced these games the same way that i have but like like this game just means so much to me and like i said you'll be hearing that over and over again this episode but like everything down to the last pixel just like I love it. <laughs> it like, oh, it was such a good time experiencing this game for the second time because it's been so long since I have played this game. I played Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. You know, it's it's just not the same. While I will say that Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are amazing games, and I do really like how they portray Hoenn, the originals are just so good <laughs> and they're such a nostalgia trip for me. I just cannot help but you know, fangirl over everything in this game. Like, the animated sprites in Pokemon Emerald, the the designs of the trainers, like I said, the, the, the silly sprites for some of the Pokemon that, like, were just created for this game. Like, even just, like, the history that goes into, you know, the thinking about the fact, like, this was the first time we saw this Pokemon. This was the first time we saw berries. You know, this was the first time we saw... Or, you know, berries that could be turned into Pokeblocks. And this was the first time we saw so many things. And it just fills my heart with joy. And I could talk about this game forever. Everything about this game that makes me happy. I, I, I don't have enough time to talk about it. But if you see something in this game, just know that I love it with every every part of me. And it makes me so happy. Um, And moving on with that. 
uh, speaking of things that I like, I, I did, you know, I sort of experienced all of, you know, going through and doing everything. I did the trick house, which was really fun. Um, I didn't do the final bit of the trick house. If you remember the trick house, it's like the thing on Route 110 where you, uh, you know, you like the trick master and you got to find him first and then you go through and you complete his puzzles and like you get cool items from it and like it was so unique and I loved it so much and like it made me genuinely laugh some of the dialogue and the things that the trick master said even this so many years later after playing the game and like I, I never did that as a kid. I didn't experience that, mostly because I probably just didn't know how to do it. I was probably too young to fo- solve the puzzles, you know? And, like, um, it was just, like, I loved going through and experiencing all of this game and everything that it had to offer for me because uh, even things, it was, uh, like, every time I experienced something in this game, it was either a nostalgia trip or... It was something that I've never experienced before. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing in this game. And like, I loved it. It made me even happier because this game that I've been loving and adoring and talking about for so many years, I'm still finding out new things about. You know what I mean? Like, for example, Mount Pyre. I never, as a kid, went through the actual Mount Pyre. I, you know, I went to the out outside. I climbed up. I fought Team Magma an aqua or whatever. And then I got the orb and then I left. I went to, you know, Lily Cove. I never went through it. There's like a ton of trainers. There's like a ton of items you can get up there. There's puzzles to solve. I never did that as a kid. I never did so many of these things. And I don't even think I did them when I played through Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And even if I did, I don't think I would feel the same way about them. Because, it, you know, the remakes just don't have the same charm. And that's not their fault. It's just, you know, like I said, the remakes are their own experience. Um, and I still, I love Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire with all of my heart. But experiencing these things in this game that I have been talking about and thinking about and loving my entire life just brought a new joy and a new completion feeling in my heart. And it was it was a... A feeling like no other. And I greatly recommend that you go back and play through your favorite Pokemon game or your first Pokemon game. Even if you've even if you think you know everything about this game, talk to every NPC. Explore areas that you never even you know thought to before. Do things that you didn't want to do before in the game because I guarantee you, you will have a good time. If you are as nostalgic about Pokemon and a specific game as I am with Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, then you will have a good time. I guarantee it. Because I did. <laughs> that that Phrasing it like that sounds really bad. You know what I mean. Like, I, it's a universal experience, I think. And, like, I really, really recommend that you folks listening to this right now go back and ex- really just experience these games for this for whatever number amount of times and just be thorough with it really milk the nostalgia out of this game because you will not regret it um okay so continuing on after sort of that whole tangent uh, and continuing with the with the story you know this this like fairy tale story that i've come up with for you here um <clears throat> excuse me uh after watson in mauville city i caught my next two uh team members i um 
I had originally planned to to catch a mag cargo or a slugma, I guess. Uh, and I did go through with it, and I caught I caught a slugma. Uh, she was a girl. I na- I didn't know what to name her, so I named her the first thing that popped into my head, and I named her Buttercup. <laughs> uh, I don't know where that name comes from. I don't know what it means. I don't know why it relates to a slugma, but that's just what I named her. Uh, and her moveset, uh, ending the game, was a very unorthodox one. I sort of, uh, I didn't know what to give her <laughs> because Mag Cargo's move pool in Generation 3 is trash. <laughs> uh, so I ended up giving her, you know, um, Fire Blast. Originally it was Flamethrower, so I gave her Fire Blast because I, five, I kind of regret giving her Fire Blast, but it really pulled through in the end because, um, I could not have, I don't think I could have beaten the game if I kept Flamethrower without the, you know, even though Fire Blast is like way less, way less accurate than Flamethrower, it carried me. And I will go into more detail about that later. Um, but like, uh, Mag Cargo is a special attacker, right? And this was the worst thing about it. Mag Cargo is a special attacker and Mag Cargo does not learn like a single special rock type move and i just i did not know what to give her i tried rock throw the thing that you get i think rock throw is actually a special move is it let me let me look at this but like this thing that sucks is even if it is i don't even know if it is i'm gonna look right now no it's a physical move rock throw is a physical move uh rock slide which is what i eventually gave her is also a physical move Mag Cargo's move pool in Generation 3 is garbage. <laughs> um, and, like, I could not get that rock stab damage out there, and it was just so sad. It was so sad. Um, but, you know, like I said, I wanted to use Pokemon that I that I liked, and I really, really like Mag Cargo. I've always really, really liked Slugma. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pr- almost certain I used the Mag Cargo on my original team when I first played the game, but I don't remember exactly. Um, but, um, yeah, Rock Slide, Fire Blast, and then I, I did not know what else to give my cargo, so I gave her Reflect and Light Screen. Having a screens Pokemon with such a bad defense was, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, but, like, it was literally the only thing that I could think of. I saw it in Lily Cove, the, the supermarket, or the, you know, the, the Mart, the Big Mart, I can't think of the name right now. And I was like, okay, you know what? Why not? I'll give it to I'll give it to Buttercup because I'm pretty sure she she had like smog and like tackle or something like that. You know, like some two really crappy items. At which she was like level thirty, and I'm like, why do you still have these moves, Buttercup? So I gave it Reflect and Light Screen. I don't even think I really used it that much, but I must have eventually. Um, I don't remember exactly, even though I like just finished it two hours ago. I genuinely don't even know if I use those moves, but they were there if I ever felt like it. Uh, and actually remembering this, I forgot to go through, um, Atlas's moves. Atlas, Atlas was a weird, a really funny case, I think, because Atlas, my Shedinja, uh, you know, Swords Dance, uh, Shadow Ball, Fury Cutter, uh, pretty good moves. And then I finished the game. I beat the champion with Fury Swipes on my Shedinja. And I think that is like the funniest thing. Cause that is the move that I caught 
my Nincada with, and I did not change it. Um, it's Fury Swipes. It is such a garbage move, but I just did not have anything else that I thought would be worth giving her. Um, it carried me. I'm not going to lie. I, I am almost ashamed to say this, but Fury Swipes carried me through a few battles. When I was, you know, I had no Pokemon left and it was just Atlas and I didn't have Fury Cutter yet. Like, Fury Swipes did good as much as I am surprised to say it myself. And yeah, I mean, like, as you can see so far, I have I have a story and a weird synergy with all of these Pokemon. And uh, probably most so was my Spinda, uh, who I nicknamed Pirouette. Um, again, she is a girl. I ended up with all girls, which I thought was fun. Like I said before, um... So Spinda was an interesting case because I originally planned on using Seviper uh, because I really wanted to use Seviper and like a poison type. But um, I was originally when I was a, when I, very, very early on in my sort of development for this team, I wanted to use both Zangoose and Seviper because I thought that would be fun. The weirdest thing in the world, you can't catch Seviper and Zangoose in, in Emerald. <laughs> you can catch Zangoose in Ruby, Seviper in Sapphire, but in, in Emerald, you can only catch Seviper. Like, why would they not... Where is the where is the correlation there? Where, where did Zangoose go? Why did they not want to give Zangoose a... Some, why? Why? I just... Why is my only question. You think that they would put that they would put Zangus and Seviper in the game that is both of them combined. You know what I mean? Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, wh either that or none of them. You know, like, why just Seviper? Why give Seviper the love? I mean, I wasn't complaining because I was going to use the Seviper anyway um, after I had already decided my sixth, after I realized that you can't catch Zangus in Emerald. Um, but I changed my mind. On my way towards Route 114, I was uh, I came across Route 113, which is the Ashy Route, which is has like the best music in the game. Um, and I found a Spinda, and I remember how much I love this Pokemon. I adore Spinda. It is by far in my top five. I forgot this Pokemon existed, and it is in my top five list of favorite Pokemon. Um. And so I immediately was like, okay, I'm going to use the Spinda. Uh, and I was, this, this was around the time where I was starting to plan out my movesets for my Pokemon. Um, and another thing that I really liked about sort of planning these movesets out was the tediousness that went into them. I know that's sort of a redundant, uh, I know that's sort of, sort of a contradictory sentence. You know, I loved the tediousness of it, but I did. I mean, um, I really wanted Encore on Pirouette. Because Encore is a very good move, uh, especially casually, because you can really, really cheese some fights. And I will get into uh, some details about how I did that later in the episode. Um, like, sit tight, because that is a story worth listening to, I guarantee you, um, and is going to be like the last thing I say. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Uh, but I really, really wanted Encore on Spinta, and I was surprised to know... That Spinta can only learn Encore uh, through breeding, through through move transferring down from other Pokemon. And I was like, that's weird. You know, I never did that. 
really uh casually at least when i was when i was sort of um planning out pokemon teams for competitive and in like sun and moon and uh, x and y and stuff i you know i did my hand of uh you know my fair share of breeding uh for for to have a certain move on a pokemon but I, I don't know there was something really fun about doing it for a casual playthrough uh, like I went and got, and I caught a Spinda and then I caught a Slackoth uh, and I leveled up the Slackoth a few levels to like level seven, I believe. I caught the Slackoth in like Petalburg Woods, you know, like that first little wooded area uh, and I breeded them together and out hatched Pirouette, a level five female Spinda with Encore. Uh, and here she is, you know, she's uh, she she carried me through the game. Um She's very fun. Uh, her moveset is double-edge return, uh, which was fun to do because I had to make her hold a soothe bell for the longest time until she was max friendship. And oh my god, return with max friendship is insane. <laughs> Even better than double-edge, honestly. Um, I mean, double-edge does do, you know, it has a recoil, but uh, like a return was good uh and teeter dance was my last move uh teeter dance was fun because you know it, it like it confuses every pokemon on the field including spinda but because spinda has i think own tempo it doesn't get confused uh so it's sort of just like a free confusion which is really really nice it's like a, it's essentially like a supersonic with like 100 percent accuracy it's really really good uh, i used it quite a lot um and so the last Pokemon that I caught, and I know what you're probably thinking, last Pokemon? You've only talked about four Pokemon so far. And yeah, I only finished this game with five Pokemon. Uh, and there's a reason behind that. I caught a Whelmer, who I promptly named Beach Ball because I could not think of anything else for her. And I thought Beach Ball was funny at the time. Uh, so Beach Ball, um, it was my final Pokemon. Uh, her moveset was, unfortunately, uh, Waterfall, Surf, Dive, and Ice Beam, which, you know, I had to have the, the HMs on, uh, on Beach Ball. Though, I will say that, uh, Waterfall, Surf, and Dive are actually not super horrible moves, and they did, they did do well. Um, I do sort of wish that I could have put some better things on her, but I had to. Uh, I had, I did have an HM slave, but I couldn't teach everything to it. Uh, it was, it was my original Mudkip that I, that I, that I used. I didn't use my starter. Um, and I think I had like rock smash and strength on the Mudkip. So I could, I could teach it surf, but I couldn't teach it waterfall or dive. Um, so it was a little bit unfortunate. Um, I'm sure there were ways to get around it, but you know, I, I sort of just sucked it up and said, okay, one of these Pokemon, it's going to have to have surf and waterfall and all that stuff. And like, they're not super bad moves. So I gave it to beach ball. Um, and the story about having only five Pokemon is that my last Pokemon, my last planned Pokemon was going to be a Bagon or a Salamence, I suppose, uh, cause I really, really wanted to use a Salamence, but the problem with Salamence or Bagon, I guess in general, is that you need to wait until you get Waterfall to catch a Bagon because it's only available in Meteor Falls in uh, a section that's blocked off by Waterfall. And you get Waterfall for beating the 8th gym. <laughs> so essentially, I was going to go through the entire game up until the Elite Four without using this Bagon. Uh, and I mean, at the time, I was perfectly okay with that. 
But today, when I booted up the game and realized, wait a second, I have to finish this game tonight <laughs> because I have to talk about it on EvoCast. Uh, and I realized that I did not have enough time to go catch a bacon, which was probably going to be like level 20 and then like level it up all the way to level what, like 50 or something, you know, like 45 that would have taken so long. And if I did have more time, I definitely would have, but I just said, screw it. And I fought, I fought and I beat the elite four with only five Pokemon, uh, which was very fun. <laughs> I don't recommend it, but it was fun. Uh, before I get on to sort of the, the sort of that uh, whole thing, uh, I do want to say that uh, Tate and Liza, that uh, you know the um, the psychic gym, the double battle, was really really hard. Like, oh my god, that part was hard. That fight was hard. Um, I was definitely under leveled, and also I was. I, I mean, I had a team of misfits, you know what I mean? I had a team that were, that was not very good. You know, I was sort of stuck using just beach ball pirouette and buttercup because I couldn't use my Breloom <laughs> against the psychic gym. And I also couldn't use, um, Atlas because I'm pretty sure that all of their Pokemon was, uh, were weak to, um, were weak, could hurt Shedinja. Uh, which was unfortunate. I it took me a lot of tries. I will say, um, and it took a lot of strategizing. Uh, with like, I think I did use Breloom at some point, but like literally just to toxic one Pokemon and then stall. Uh, but that wasn't it. I mean, there was so much more strategy that it went to it, and that battle was hard. Uh, like I said, I was very very under leveled. I think <laughs> because like I think their Pokemon were like forty two and mine were like maybe max thirty nine. But I still I still did it and I was pretty happy with it. Uh, but I just wanted to sort of say you know uh, you know off the record that was a hard battle. Uh, and if you're playing like Pokemon Emerald for the first time or whatever, prepare yourself for that because it's it's a hard game. Like, you know, as a kid, I didn't really think about it all that much, or maybe I just forgot, but, like, I forgot how hard this game was. You know, the infamous second rival fight is, you know, infamous for being super difficult. Brawly is, like, super difficult uh, at the part that he is in the game. Tate and Liza were super, super hard. The Elite Four and the Champion were incredibly hard. Don't, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. I will get there. But, like, I really appreciate how hard this game is because, you know, a lot of people's arguments uh, for, like, the later Pokemon games is that it, they're easy. Um, and I don't disagree all that much. I think that X and Y is extremely easy. I think that Sword and Shield kind of bumped up the difficulty a little bit. But, like, these, old, these newer games don't compare to the difficulty of the older games, especially this game. It was It's really unforgiving and very, very hard. Uh, at least for me, um, you know, I mean, like, I obviously managed to get through it, and, like, I wouldn't say it's the most difficult thing in the world, but, like, ooh, it certainly was a lot harder than I remember, and a lot harder than I was expecting it to be going back to it so many years later, uh, and a lot harder than Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire was, <laughs> certainly, I will say, um, and sort of going along with that, um, like, 
the Elite Four, I guess I could just sort of skip to the, the Elite Four um, because I, you know, the last part of the game is self-explanatory. I, I sort of rushed through it a little bit because, like I said, I had to sort of finish it on time for tonight uh, and also because this episode is getting very long. Um, but, like, it was it was interesting. Like, the Elite Four... I never actually beat the Elite Four as a kid. <laughs> And like I know it's a little bit difficult for me to for me to justify that. Like this game is my favorite game my favorite game probably ever. My favorite Pokemon game, definitely. And I never beat it. I never beat it. I never beat Pokemon Ruby Sapphire or Emerald. Uh and I am happy to say that I did today. Uh and it sort of it it sort of gave me this like completionist thing in my heart you know uh it really feels good to go back and beat this game so many years later uh the game that i was never able to beat as a kid because i was a dumb kid and was probably extremely under leveled because i was too stubborn to fight all the trainers um and like oh my god was it hard <laughs> um like i mean i think it was maximized by the fact that i had arguably bad Pokemon with Spinda, Shedinja, Breloom, Magcargo, and Wailord. I mean, you know, Wailord and Breloom aren't that bad, but like Spinda, Magcargo, Shedinja, you know, like those aren't really Pokemon that are known for being extremely good. And like, it definitely showed in just how much I struggle with this fight. I mean, I say that I struggled, but I beat, I literally beat all of them first try. Uh, so I can't really say that it was super hard, but like I, uh, it was definitely harder than I thought it was going to be, uh, especially the final fight with Wallace. Um, like, you know, the Elite Four was pretty easy. Uh, Sydney and Glacia were fine, the Ice type and the Dark type, or, or Dark and Ice respectively. But Phoebe was really, really difficult for me because, like, you know. Uh, Shedinja, Atlas, I suppose, has only Shadow Ball and can be taken out by literally any attack from these Ghost-type Pokemon. Uh, I couldn't use Spinda because all she had was Normal-type moves, and I couldn't use uh, Breloom offensively because the only offensive move I had was Fighting-type. Uh, I did have Toxic and Protect and Leech Seed and stuff, but like it was really down to either Beach Ball or Buttercup. And Buttercup my mad cargo took the cake <laughs> she carried that fight which is it gave me a new hope i think for this pokemon you know it's still bad obviously it doesn't change anything but like she did some serious work and granted remember that one i only had five pokemon and two my pokemon were extremely under leveled because i thought i was fine honestly um and i was i mean i beat it for i beat all of them first try like at the, I'm pretty sure the final battle with Wallace, his Pokemon were like 55, 56, and 57. My Pokemon at the time were 45, 46, and 47. I was at least 10 levels below all of his Pokemon during this fight. And I still managed to do it. And I'm very, very proud of myself for doing that. Uh, it was very, very fun. Very, very challenging. Uh, it took a lot of toxic stalling. Uh, especially against Milotic, um, or Wallace's Milotic, and 
oh my god there's a story there like i like i was i was good at my plan was to toxic milotic with 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 Morcello with breloom um but unfortunately milotic could one shot her with ice beam and she and uh milotic was faster than than Morcella. so i had no i was like what am i gonna do so what I did was I used all three of my revives um, <laughs> on the three Pokemon that were dead. Uh, I went my Spinda. She somehow managed to tank like an Ice Beam from this from this Milotic. I mean, I know it wasn't super effective, but like, God save her soul. Uh, Pirouette managed to survive an Ice Beam, and then she toxicked me. So I encored. So the Milotic was stuck in a loop of toxic, toxic, toxic. So I switched to Morcella. I toxic the Breloom finally. And then used all of my other po remaining Pokemon, except for Atlas, uh, to just wear down this Milotic with toxic stalling. Like, you know, one Pokemon would die. Uh, she would take a little bit of poison damage. I would send out my next Pokemon. She would one-shot it. I she would take a little bit more poison damage. And I did that until just Atlas was left, my Shedinja. And I did that on purpose because the remaining two Pokemon, I think it was Whiskash and Gyarados, could not hit Shedinja because of Wonder Guard. And I was, I was popping off at this point. I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, I win. There's literally nothing you can do to stop me now. And I did. I mean, I sweeped. I used Fury Cutter. I used it over and over again until it was super extremely powerful. And I just swept the rest of her team. And it was, it was so satisfying. But at the same time, it felt disgusting because it, I like, I essentially, I cheesed the final boss of this game. You know, I took out like his first two Pokemon fair and square, like Waylord and I guess I think like Ludicolo and Tentacruel, I think. Like the first three Pokemon went down no problem. Uh with like a little bit of a little bit of uh strategizing. But then like when that Milotic came out, I was like, what am I gonna do against this thing? But it worked out. And it was amazing. <laughs> I wish I was recording it. I wish I was like streaming this game. And like, oh my god, it was so good. I like I said, I wish I could have had like a replay of this game because it was it was incredible. And like, this is like the one big story I was talking about. The one thing I was super excited to share with with you guys. The my final sort of story and my conclusion to my 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 uh, nostalgia trip about Generation Three was that I did it. You know, I completed. I beat the final boss the champion of this game. I became the champion of this game that I had never done before. My childhood game. And it just felt amazing. And I think everything that I said before, the joy of team building, the joy of everything, every little thing in this game making me happy, the exploration, the difficulty, you know everything about this game just coalesced into that final moment to where I, I I don't know I don't know how to describe the feeling it was I was I was just happy I finally beat this game and that is why I love Pokemon so much and specifically why 
I love this game so much. And I am happy to say that I relived my childhood playing this game. And it was... Everything about it was amazing. <laughs> and I guess, like I said before, if you have this opportunity and you have a favorite game, go do what I did. Experiment. Go outside the box. Do things that you would have done as a kid <laughs> and replay this game and just milk it for everything that you possibly can because you will not regret it. Anyway. That was a time, a lot of rambling about story and Pokemon and movesets and wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Generation 3, <laughs> what else can I say? It truly does mean everything to me. And thank you so much for listening to me indulge myself on this topic, something that I've been excited to talk about ever since I started this podcast. Generation 3, Pokemon, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emeralds. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, we still have to do random uh, move tutor, you know, sort of uh, ending it on a, on a, on a, not so much of a, you know, of an inspirational note, but hey, that's how we do it here. <laughs> yes, like I said, thank you guys so much. Um, for the support you've given this podcast so far. And thank you so much for, if if you're here, if you're listening to this, an hour and 24 minutes in, if you're still listening, you have my sincere thanks for letting me gush about this game and letting me gush about how much I love this series and how much I love this specific aspect of this game <laughs> of this of this series i mean of this franchise that just really does mean so much to me thank you anyway let's move on to the final part of today's episode uh move tutor everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random move every episode and today's move is number 549 Glaciate. <laughs> Glaciate, also known as Frozen World in Japanese, I wish it was called that in English, is a damage-dealing ice-type move introduced in Generation 5. It is one of the signature moves of Kira. One of the signature moves. I like how it's one of. I know it has multiple, but it just, it just sounds funny. Kira gets, Kira gets a special treatment. Uh, Glaciate inflicts damage and lowers the target speed stat by one stage. Glaciate hits all opponents in double battles, and all adjacent opponents are triple battles. Glaciate can also be used as part of a context contest spectacular combination, with the user gaining extra three appeal points if the move hail was used in the prior turn. Uh, Glaciate is a special move. It has a PP of 10, a power of only 65, which is really surprising to me, actually. Um, an accuracy of 95, and uh, some descriptions of it is uh, in black and white, black, white, too. The user attacks by blowing freezing cold air at the opposing Pokemon. This attack reduces the target speed stat. And that's it. That's literally all of them. Uh, that, that's like what all of, the, all of the descriptions say, as per usual. Uh, some trivia. Glaciate has the lowest specified base power of all legendary Pokemon signature move. I was gonna say. It's really low. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, if a Kyurem that knows Glaciate fuses with either Reshiram or Zekrom via the DNA splicers, this move will be replaced by Ice Burn or Freeze Shock, respectively. Ah, that's probably why it's not very good, because it's like it's encouraging you to sort of combine them. Uh, and when the two Pokemon are separated, Ice Burn and Freeze Shock both revert back into Glaciate. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Uh, all right. So, I suppose that is going to be it for me for today. Thank you all so, so very much, specifically this episode, for listening. And I hope you have an amazing day. I'll see you next time. Bye!